when Lila Rose was on earlier from live action, I referenced this article in South Texas. This is the headline in the New York Times. In South Texas, Hispanic Republicans try to cement the party's gains. I want to read you some of this because you'll, you'll hear the point when I get to it. The front door of the Hidalgo County Republican Party's office is covered with photographs of high-profile politicians in the party. Governor Greg Abbott, Senator John Cornyn, former President Donald Trump. Nearly all of them are white men. Notice they leave out Ted Cruz. Step inside and you'll see a bulletin board with pictures of local Republican leaders. Adrian Pinagarza, Hildegarza de Chazo, Maya Flores, all, nearly all of them are Hispanic women. Hispanic Republicans, especially women, have become something of political rock stars in South Texas after voters in the Rio Grande Valley shocked leaders in both parties in November by swinging sharply toward the GOP. Here in McAllen, one of the region's largest cities, Mr. Trump received nearly double the number of votes he did four years earlier. In the Rio Grande Valley overall, President Biden won by just 15 percentage points, a steep slide from Hillary Clinton's 39-point margin in 2016. The conservative surge in the liberal decline has buoyed the Republican Party's hopes about its ability to draw Hispanic voters into what has long been an overwhelmingly white political coalition and to challenge Democrats in heavily Latino regions around the country. Now party officials, including Governor Greg Abbott, the governor, have uh, flocked to the Rio Grande Valley in a kind of pilgrimage eager to meet the people who helped Republicans rapidly gain ground in a longtime Democratic stronghold. Now, I'm going to skip forward to this. One of the lingering questions of the 2020 election is just what drove this region and other heavily Hispanic areas in the country toward Republicans. The shift appeared to be particularly acute among women who call themselves conservative, according to a postmortem analysis by Equus Labs, a Democratic-aligned research firm that studies Latino voters. Conversations with voters and activists in Hidalgo County suggested that there is not one answer, but many. Women who staunchly oppose abortion voted for the first time. Wives of Border Patrol agents felt convinced the Trump administration was firmly on their side. Mothers picked up on the enthusiasm for Republicans from friends they knew through church or their children's school. For many voters in the region, there is a profound sense of cynicism, a feeling that things will not change no matter who is in charge. The border, after all, had been the site of a humanitarian crisis under both Democrats and Republicans. Nearly everyone here knows both undocumented immigrants and Border Patrol agents, occasionally even within the same family. And for many here, law enforcement remains one of the easiest paths to the middle class, and Republicans have portrayed national Democrats as hostile towards the police. Culture. Culture matters. Culture is shaping voters. We hear in the mainstream press, in the Washington Beltway circuits of establishment thinking on the left and the right, that Republicans are too busy fighting over Dr. Seuss to pick a fight on the budget. Republicans don't have the will to pick a fight on the budget right now because they lost all their credibility on uh, fiscal responsibility. And frankly, there is a growing movement within the Republican Party to be less uh, small government oriented, to be less uh, 
fiscally responsible, less fiscally restrained. There's actually a movement growing within the Republican Party to be continued socially conservative and to be fiscally liberal. And frankly, that's the sweet spot in American politics that people in the Beltway don't seem to understand. A third party in this country could arise tomorrow and become the dominant party in America if it was socially conservative, fiscally liberal. But there's not going to be a third party rising that way because the Republican Party already is. It's shifting to be less small government, fiscally conservative, more government pro-action, while also being socially conservative. And, and people in the media don't get this. This reminds me, this same group has done a story about Florida voters. Why is it that Hispanic voters, non-Cuban Hispanic voters, Cuban voters in Florida tend to always be Republican, non-Cuban Hispanic voters, Puerto Rican voters and others, they were presumed to cause the state to shift to the Democrats. And in fact, they've caused the state to shift to the Republicans. Why? Because again, Hispanic moms want their kids to get good jobs, want their kids to be in the middle class, want their kids to be safe and Democrats are perceived to be hostile to all of those things, the Democrats do appear to be hostile to the middle class, to a lot of Hispanic voters. But there's something bigger here that the data susses out, and I don't know that the New York Times can recognize it. It is the cultural issues of the GOP, the pro-life culture, the pro-police culture, the anti-Black Lives Matters culture, that is persuading Hispanic voters to move to the GOP. This phrase in the New York Times, Republicans have portrayed national Democrats as hostile toward the police. The Republicans don't have to portray the Democrats as that because the Democrats portray themselves as that. The Republicans don't have to say Democrats want to defund the police when it is Democrats themselves who say they want to defund the police. And for all these years within mainstream culture, there's been this thinking that overall people are really culturally liberal. The nation's moving to the left socially. Uh, everyone's for abortion rights. And it actually turns out that's not the case. In Hollywood, maybe. In major cities, maybe. But Hispanic voters continue to be one of the most conservative churched groups in the country, and frankly, uh, black voters as well. And while the data is not there to show a major trend lines for black voters moving to the GOP, I think it's only a matter of time before they do, because as the Democratic Party gets richer, whiter, more secular, and woke, culturally conservative voters will flee them. James Carville was on the, the Sunday shows talking about wokeism and his interview that we talked about last week where the faculty lounges of America are causing Democrats to lose. Uh, here's what he had to say. Now it doesn't hunt on, on, on several levels. First of all, it, it sounds, it, I call it the fact politics of the faculty lounge. And in my view, if you want to, in politics, you should speak the language of the people. You should speak clear, direct English and address people as they address each other, not like the humanities department at Amherst wants you to address everybody. <laughs> I mean, I, is this the kind simple. of an issue? Is this is this the kind of an issue, James, that is impossible to poll because people are going to lie to a pollster, but when they go in there and they close that curtain, they're going to do what they want to do. I don't have to poll, all right? After the 2020 congressional elections, there was a huge eruption in the Democratic caucus where people correctly pointed out that this whole defund the police stuff cost us congressional seats. I can look at the voting results and, and 
the Rio Grande Valley. I can look at the voting results in Miami-Dade. I can relate conversations that I have with people every day. People don't want to live like this, scared to, to address an issue because it might come out the wrong way. And no one is using their language except for, you know, some of our people on television. If you go to, and if you need wokeness, just go listen to NPR. Yeah, I, I leave it on my truck radio, so I'll never fall asleep. <laughs> By the way, one of the people pushing back on on uh, Carville is Bernie Sanders. One of the things not included in the president's uh, plan was some things that you wanted to see, including lowering the uh, eligibility age to Medicare, uh, in particular being the, the biggest one there. Um, and I want to ask you about it in conjunction with this statement that James Carville made, and I want to bring it up here. It has to do with um, Joe Manchin. He says, the Democratic Party can't be more liberal than Senator Joe Manchin. That's the fact. We don't have the votes. And I, I bring this up because <laughs> Senator Manchin has said he's not in favor of lowering that eligibility age. Do you think that was probably James why, Carville, why Joe Biden didn't include your provision in his plan? Uh, no, I don't think so. James Carville can live in his world. I don't think he's terribly relevant to what happens in Congress right now. Uh, right now, uh, he's going to be, as the Democrats keep headed in this direction, wokeism is not selling people on the Democratic Party. It's moving Hispanic voters and some black men to the Republican Party. Moms would like to have their children safe. Moms would like to sleep well at night knowing the bad man is not going to break in and get their kids. And in growing parts of our society, uh, people are walking away. You know, I mean, just take unemployment right now. You can make thirty-one dollars to $32,000 a year on unemployment right now in this country. The starting salary of a police officer in parts of this country. Why would you want to go be a police officer in Atlanta, Georgia, or Chicago, Illinois, or Washington, D.C., when you could, I don't know, sit at home and collect unemployment and not make people mad, not not make put a target on your back? Why not? Why, why shouldn't you do that? Kind of makes some sense for a lot of people. And here's the thing. I don't know that Democrats institutionally are capable of processing this. And the reason I say it that way is because they've got a vested stakeholder interest now in going woke. Secular white people have left the Republican Party and in so doing have shifted the Democratic Party further to the left culturally than it already was. And increasingly it's signaling that the Democratic Party is hostile to the views of anyone who's culturally conservative. So you've got Hispanic voters. It's not just in Texas. It's Florida. It's Southern Colorado as well. The border counties of Colorado, of Southern Colorado, those predominantly Hispanic counties, they shifted to the right as well. In a couple of cases, Donald Trump was able to win those counties, not all of them. Those counties, they don't touch Texas, by the way but they do touch Kansas and Oklahoma. The Republican Party's made inroads in New Mexico and the Hispanic community. It's, it's the white hippies in New Mexico who vote Democrat, but it's the Hispanic voters in New Mexico who are increasingly turning to the GOP. And by the way, you've got all this obsession over Arizona. 
and what's going to happen with Arizona. And in fact, uh, there's ample data out there that in Arizona as well, you've got a lot of uh, voters in the Hispanic community who are shifting right. And uniformly, it's the cultural issues. They like Democratic fiscal policy, and they're getting that more and more from the Republicans. It's the social, cultural values where the Democratic Party is out to lunch, and these voters realize it, and they're shifting. It's having tremendous impact in the Rio Grande Valley and the like. And the spillover effect of what's happening in Mexico, the crime waves in Mexico now, the cartel rise, all of these things are impacting them. Here's the bottom line. For years and years and years, we've heard demography is destiny. For years and years and years, we've heard the Republican Party is in decline because Democratic voters are Hispanic voters and Democratic voters are black voters. Increasingly, that's not the case. Demography was only destiny if we wanted it to be. And these voters have decided they don't want it to be because they don't like the drift of the Democratic Party towards a secular, rich, white elite who have nothing in common with these people. They have more in common with the white working class that is more and more at home in the Republican Party than they do the the emroids of Emory University who have moved into the Democratic Party. And that, my friends, is going to be a huge shakeup politically in this country if these gains lock in. And there's every sign to suspect they will because the Democrats can't get away from the defund movement. They've been held hostage now by the left.